glad to be able to preach this morning and continue in our sermon series on greater. And, and today I, I felt led to preach on, on greater harvest. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm sure more than Pastor Deb, I'm sure all of us are believing for a greater harvest in some area of our lives either financial or relational or vocational or spiritual. Uh, we're, uh, as a church, we're believing for a greater harvest of, of people saved, of people set free, of people being discipled and growing to spiritual maturity. And we, we want to see a, a greater harvest, more people coming into the kingdom. But in order for any of us to reap a harvest, we must follow God's laws of harvest. God set them in place. Do you know God's laws of harvest? If you don't know them, it might explain some things, and so uh, today you're going to learn them. Harvest is a principle that God established from the beginning. All the way back in Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, the Lord said, As long as the earth remains, planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. As long as there is a planet earth, there will be day and night and cold and heat, and there will be planting and harvest. God has promised us that as long as there is an earth, his laws of harvest will be in effect. Here's law number one. We must plant seed before we reap a harvest. You would think that would seem obvious, but a lot of people do not follow this. Galatians 6, 7 says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. You will always harvest what you plant. And if you look at that kind of in a reverse way, if you don't plant, there is no harvest. You will not reap a harvest until you sow some seed. Now, in this sermon, all the way through, I'm going to kind of use farming as an illustration because it's a very visible, uh, understandable demonstration of God's laws of a harvest. And so think about this. If a harvest, this is an easy question, but if a farmer wants a harvest of corn, what does he plant? Right. He doesn't plant cotton seeds and then go out there and say, Hey, what's this? I wanted corn. No, he plants corn, and what he plants is what he reaps. It's foolish to think you can plant one crop and reap something else. It's the same way with us when we sow. Now, usually we think of this in terms of money, and money is part of that, and that will be part of this sermon. But, but you do need to plant finances in order to reap financial blessings. But this principle, it's true in every single area of your life. If you want a greater harvest of love, you need to plant seeds of love. So many people waiting around for somebody to love them when you need to start being more loving. If you want a greater harvest of friends, the Bible says you must show yourself friendly. You've got to plant seeds. I mean, and usually people without friends are people sitting around doing nothing, waiting for somebody else to come up and introduce themselves to them, ask them out or whatever, never doing nothing, never planting any seeds and just griping because they have no friends. If you don't plant seeds, you won't reap a harvest. If you want a great career, you've got to plant the right seeds at work. It's true in every area of life. At school, if you want a great education, you've got to plant seeds at school. But many of us never plant any seeds. Looking for a harvest without ever having planted a seed. There's nothing more foolish than a farmer sitting on his porch expecting a harvest 
when he planted no seed. He can want a harvest. He can dream about a harvest. He can pray continuously about a harvest. He can confess, I have a harvest in Jesus' name every day. He can get into agreement about harvest with other people. He can have the prophets come out and prophesy over his fields that there will be a great harvest. He can fast and have the intercessors pray over his field that he would have a great harvest. He can sing songs about harvest over his fields. I believe harvest is coming. I can see it. I believe a harvest is coming. I haven't planted no seed, but I still believe I'm seeing a harvest coming. You can do all those things, and all those things are great things to do, but you'll never have a harvest if you plant no seed. It's a law of God. The Bible tells us, explicitly exactly what happens if you don't plant any seed. Proverbs 24 says, a sluggard, that's a lazy person, a habitually inactive person, does not plow in season, and at harvest time he looks but finds nothing. Are there areas in your life that you're looking for a harvest and finding nothing? Many foolish Christians are looking for a harvest, but they never planted any seed. And they excuse themselves by saying, well, I can't afford to give. I can't afford to tithe. My talent is not good enough for for God to use that. So they just excuse themselves. They do nothing. They plant no seed. And then they get mad at God when they don't get a harvest. So many of us get it backwards. We say things like, God, if you will bless me, then I will bless you. If you you will give me more, then I'll be able to give to you. But God's principle is you've got to plant seed before you reap a harvest. Believing is not enough. Praying is not enough. You've got to plant some seeds. James 2.20 says, faith without works is dead. Again, think about a farmer. He can believe about a harvest. He can pray for a harvest. But if he does no work, if he plants no seed, he will have no harvest. It's the same for us. We can believe for a family member to get saved. We can pray for them. But if we never plant seeds by sharing the gospel uh, with them, how are they going to get saved? The Bible says they've got to hear it. We can believe for finances and pray for money, but if we never plant seeds of tithes and offerings, we, we won't reap a financial harvest. We can believe about for a job, pray for a job, but if we never plant seeds by going out and looking for a job, we won't reap a job. You may already have a job and want to advance in your career. You've got to continue to plant seeds in your career. When I used to manage, I was in retail for many years, and when I managed a store, I actually had people come up to me and tell me this. If you paid me more, I would do more. I wanted to fire them on the spot, but HR wouldn't let me. But I was telling them, you have got it exactly backwards. If you did more, then you get paid more. I'm not giving you a raise in hopes that you're going to turn into a a more productive person. I'm not going to give you a promotion in advance of performance. You've got to plant seeds first. You've got to plant seeds at work. How, how do you do that? Well, 
these days, if you show up on time, you're way ahead of a lot of people. Be somebody that can be depended on. Do more than you're asked to do. Be a problem solver, not a problem causer. There's a lot of things you can do to plant seeds at work. And if you plant seeds, God's law of harvest says you will reap what you sow. It's true in relationships with friends or family. Everybody has what we call a love, a love bank. And in every relationship, you're either making deposits or withdrawals from that love bank. You need to be quiet during this part of this sermon. <laughs> Amen or oh me. <laughs> you make deposits in somebody's love bank by, by, by saying positive things and doing, saying positive words and doing positive things, and doing things that make them feel loved. You make withdrawals from their love bank by saying negative things and doing things that make them feel unloved. If you make more deposits than withdrawals, then the love bank has a positive balance and the relationship works. But if you make more withdrawals than deposits, their love bank has a negative balance and your checks start bouncing. You get charged all kinds of extra fees. They make you pay for every little thing. If you don't get back into the positive, your account may be closed. So how do you get into the positive? By by planting the right seeds, speaking positive words that build that person up, discovering their needs and meeting their needs. Everybody, I I mean, I, I think every married couple ought to read the book and go through the book, The Five Love Languages, and you should know that because everybody speaks a different love language. And so what happens is, let's say, Let's say my wife's love language is communication, and it is, communication and, and meaningful time. And let's, say, let's just say mine was, was gifts. I could give her gifts all day long. But if I didn't talk to her, communicate her, and spend time with her, she's, gonna, she's not going to feel loved by me. And I'm going to say, she's going to say, yeah, I'm just not feeling, I'm not feeling your love. I'm not feeling love. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I bought you this. I bought you that. I bought you this. I bought you that. That works. That, the, the. <laughs> you just ruined my illustration. <laughs> okay, let's change her love language. <laughs> yes, your big gifts. She's got multiple love languages and say that. And several of them I've not learned yet. They're foreign languages to me. <laughs> and I'm, I'm trying to learn them. Uh, but th- my point is, you've got to learn their language. We want to speak our language to them, but you've got to learn, you've got to learn uh, their language. And so this, this first law of harvest says you've got to plant seeds in your marriage, in your family, in your work, in your, in your finances, in, in your health. I mean, if you're not taking care of yourself, if you're not eating right and working out and planting good seeds and and good food into your life, I mean, you're not going to reap a good, healthy harvest. It's true in every area of life. But also, you got to understand this. The harvest comes in a different season than the sowing. We all want instant harvest. Microwave harvest. But sometimes we get a plant that don't bloom for four years, as we heard about earlier. 
Ecclesiastes 11.1 says, cast your bread upon the waters for after many days you'll get a return. In other words, the harvest does not come immediately after planting. There's a time to plant. There's a time to harvest. Who determines when the harvest comes? God does. And we've got to have enough faith to trust him. Law number two, we must persevere until the harvest. Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. The implication is if you give up, you don't reap the harvest. You can sow seeds and miss the harvest by giving up. How do we give up? We, we, we give up by we, we stop believing, we stop praying, we quit expecting anything. We, we stop planting seeds or watering the plant. Jesus established this principle in Matthew 9, 29. According to your faith, it will be done to you. It will be done to you. And we talked earlier about how faith without works is, is dead. And so Planting seed without faith will not result in a harvest either. James amplified this in James 1, 6 through 7. When you ask for something, you must believe, not you should, you must believe and not doubt because those who doubt are like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. They should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Wow. Without planting seed, you won't receive. And without faith, you won't receive. We've got to have faith. We've got to have pray, uh, prayer. But James 4, 2 says, you do not have because you do not ask God. If we planted seed and prayed and exercised our faith, we've got to just keep going until harvest time comes. Keep going. Keep persevering. Some of us miss out on harvest because we gave up. I wonder how close. Sometimes I wonder this. How close was I to a harvest when I gave up? How close were we to a financial miracle when we quit tithing? How, how close were we to a healing when we quit praying? How close were we to a miracle when we quit believing? Don't, don't give up before your harvest. God says it will come at the proper time. So if you planted a seed and you haven't seen a harvest yet, just know it's not time yet. Don't give up. The times and seasons are in the hands of God. We heard that earlier. We had the scripture read. We've got to trust him. Our harvest will eventually come. And listen, listen close. Some of, some of it will be in this lifetime. Some of our reward is stored up in heaven. Don't ever forget that. Not everything that you've sown, you're going to see a harvest in this lifetime. Some of it you're storing up in heaven. Uh, and James 5, 7, and 8 says then, be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, how patient he is for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm. God is telling us today, he told us in words before this sermon, he told us, trust his timing, trust him, don't give up. If you give up, you will miss out. If you choose to stop, you'll lose your crop. Law number three, we reap more than we sow. If that wasn't true, no, no farmer would plant anything. Think about it. I planted a seed. Oh, look, it's harvest time. I got my seed back. Why would I spend all this year working on that crop, planting a seed, and getting the seed back? 
What makes sowing the seed profitable is that you reap more than you sow. If I take one kernel of corn, I plant it in, in the ground, I don't get one kernel back. I get a stalk with several ears of corn. And on those ears of corn are several thousand kernels. You always get back more than you give. You always reap more than you sow. You give what you, got, you have to God and he will multiply it to bless you, to bless others. Mark 4.20 says it like this. Like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word accept it and produce a crop 30, 60, or even 100 times what was sown. This is not just true for a farmer. It's true for all of us. By the way, I want to I make this point because I think it's important. I don't believe we should give just to get. I think that, that's a totally selfish motive. I believe all of us should give out of obedience to God. If God never gave me back anything, he told me to give, I'm going to give. I'm going to give my tithes, I'm going to give offerings, whether I didn't get a harvest back or nothing. But God said, when you do give, he'll open up the windows of heaven and he will bless you. That's, that's his promise. Thank God for that. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says this. You must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure for God loves a cheerful giver. Why don't you understand this? There's no option there not to give. There's an option on how much you give. You got to decide. He didn't decide. Everyone must decide if they give or not. Y'all getting real quiet on me right here. He said, you decide on your, in your heart how much to give. And always remember, law three, you reap more than you sow. Law four, we reap in proportion to what we sow. That may sound contradictory to the last principle, but it's not. The, the previous law says we, we reap more than we sow. The, this law says we reap in proportion to what we sow. Both of these laws have to do with quantity or amount, but the previous law was God's part. This law has to do with our part. God's part is to multiply the seed we sow. Our part is to sow all the good seed that we can. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 says this. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. I'm giving you a whole bunch of scriptures today because I want you to see this is Bible. This is the word of God. I've started in Genesis and now we're all the way into the New Testament. What you sow will always be in proportion to what, what you reap will always be in proportion to what you've sown. If you do not sow, you do not reap. If you sow a little, you reap a little. If you sow a lot, you, sow, uh, you reap a lot. If a farmer only cultivates one acre, he can only reap one acre of harvest. But if he gets 100 acres and cultivates that, his harvest will be 100 times greater. If you want to see a larger crop, you plant more seeds. And whatever you sow, God multiplies it to be more than what you sow, but always in proportion to what you sow. When the pilgrims settled here, that what became the United States of America, their farming equipment basically was a, a stick that they, they poked a hole in the ground and put stuck in a, 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 some corn and, and added fish for fertilizer. And by working hard, one of those colonists could grow the equivalent of four bushels of corn a year, about one bushel for each month of the growing season. 
By the time of the Civil War, farmers were using mules and developed plows and other tools enabling to, to, to grow the equivalent of a bushel of corn a, a, a week or, or 16 bushels of corn a year. But today, with advanced technology, I go out to my dad's all the time and see these vast farms, and it used to be a whole bunch of little farms that uh, each farmer had about 100 acres or so, and now it's these massive farms with thousands of acres run by about two or three men on these giant, huge tractors that plow about as wide as this building is, and, and it's amazing what they do. And, and they bring in a bushel of corn for like every few minutes of the growing season. It's, it's vastly greater. The principle of sowing seed has not changed. Farmers cannot change how God has created the growth cycle, but they increase their harvest. How? By planting more seed. And God wants to pour out supernatural blessing on us, but he cannot pour out where we have not planted. So we've got to look for ways to plant seed. God multiplies what you give, not what you hold on to. Listen, this is important. Some people think, well, uh, if I give something, I lose it. If I give something, it's gone forever. Man, what a lie of the devil. When you give something, you are sowing it. Make sure you get this. You are sowing it into the kingdom. And God's law is it will bring a harvest. So I encourage you to give generously because, listen, your level of giving determines the level of blessing you get from God. I'm going to give you some words from Jesus. Jesus said in Luke 6, 38, Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the, same, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So when you ask for God's blessing, i got to get something over here. He says, let me see your measure. Can I borrow your measure? You want to, and so oh, I stand here holding. <laughs> a shovel and a spoon. Both of these can move some dirt. I've dug up stuff with both of these. And you might see other people getting these shovelfuls of blessing from God. And you see them getting shovelfuls of blessing from God. And you ask God, why are they getting shovels of blessing and I'm not? And God says, I'm pouring out blessing as fast as I can on you with this little bitty spoon that you've given me. You decide. You decide. I'm quoting Jesus here. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. How much blessing do you want from God? A spoonful or a shovelful? You get to decide. You reap in proportion to what you sow. Nobody here is going to compel you to give. You don't give under compulsion, but we're going to tell you the truth of God's word. You sow something, you reap something more. Sow nothing, and you reap a great big old harvest of nothing. If you remember anything from this sermon, remember this. Take my picture, baby. We're going to put it on Facebook. You got me? <laughs> I'm trying to give you something that you can take home with you, that you can remember. Number five, 
We must sow our seed, not eat our seed. 2 Corinthians 9.10 says, He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. You get that? Will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. So God gives you some to sow and some to eat. That means you should not eat what you're supposed to sow. In other words, you should not spend all your money you make on yourself. Some of it should be sown and not consumed by you on yourself. I heard a story of a, a missionary who ministered to a tribe close to the Sahara, Sahara Desert in Africa, and, and all their food's got to be grown in this four-month rainy season, and the people have to live on that till the next harvest. And during the harvest time, they're full of joy. They have a lot to eat, but as the months goes by, they have to kind of watch how much they eat because the food stores are diminishing and they have less to eat. And during the months right before the rainy season, they have little to eat. And the missionary talks about how he saw this little six-year-old boy run into his father with exciting excitement saying, Daddy, 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 I found some grain we can eat. And, 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 and the dad said, Son, you know we're out of grain. We haven't had any. And the boy said, No, I found it. I found some in the hut where we keep the goats. Mommy can cook us a meal. We don't have to go hungry tonight. And the father had to explain to him, Son, that's our seed. We have to save that to plant for next year's crop. If we eat that seed, we will have food today, but we will starve next year. And when that rain does finally come, the, the, the boy watches his father do the most unreasonable thing he could do. Instead of feeding his hungry family with that seed, the father takes it with tears running down his face and plants that seed in the ground. Why? The man knows the, owns the seed. He can do whatever he wants to with it. He can grind it up and feed his family with it. But he's acting on God's principle of harvest. The act of sowing that seed would reap a harvest, but it hurt so much that he cried. But his African pastor had taught him the truth of Psalm. 126, 5 through 6. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. They weep as they go to plant their seed, and they will doubtless return with rejoicing, bringing their harvest with them. And the pastor said, brothers and sisters, this is God's law of harvest. Don't expect to rejoice later on until you've been willing to sow in tears. Sowing in tears means there's times where giving costs us. There's some giving that hurts. There's some giving that's true sacrifice. I know God loves a cheerful giver, but the Bible also says sometimes you sow in tears. It's when you're sacrificing. It's when you're, you're not giving a leftover. You're not giving out of abundance. It's giving that makes no sense to the natural mind. We, but we've got to be like King David who said in First Chronicles 21, 24, I will not give to God offerings which cost me nothing. If your offering costs you nothing, you're not sacrificing. Law six, we cannot do anything about last year's harvest, but we can do something about this year's harvest. Whatever we did last year, last month, last week, it's over with, it's done, it's past. Nothing can, we can do can change it or change the consequences of it, and there's not a, 
a one, anybody among us who's never, ever wasted some time. Uh, some of us have wasted some years, and there's nothing we can do about those wasted years. But if we fail to produce a harvest in the past, doesn't mean we can't turn something around and have a harvest this year. We can use the, the opportunities God has given us to have a harvest this year. What we can do now is not sit around in self-pity over what we've wasted in the past. That's just going to keep us from sowing any more seed. If we sow good seed now, it will produce a full harvest in the future that will glorify God. We've got to forget about our past crop failures and concentrate on the seed we can sow right now. Those are the laws of the harvest. We've got to plant before we reap. Persevere until the harvest. We reap more than we sow. We reap in proportion to what we sow. We must not eat our seed. We must look to the future. And lastly, law seven, we must praise before the harvest. Some people can't get into praising time until they've had a harvest. But just like you've got to plant seed before you reap a harvest, I believe you need to praise before the harvest. Psalm 67, 5 through 6 says, May the people praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. Then the land will yield its harvest, and God our God will bless us. And again, a lot of times we get it backwards. We think, I'll praise God after I see the harvest. I'll give thanks after my prayer is answered. But the Bible principle is we give thanks in advance of seeing the answer. We give thanks in advance of the harvest. It's prophetic thanksgiving. It's prophetic praise. It's praising God in faith. God, I believe it. I I planted it. I believe your grace is on it. Your anointing is on it. I believe in your time there will be a harvest. God, I praise you. I mean, when you plant a seed, that that seed disappears. It's gone. I think I've told you this before, but there's a great movie you ought to see. It's called Faith Like Potatoes. I don't know if you've seen it because this is a farmer who went from planting. Most crops, when you plant them, you can watch it. You can watch the tomatoes come up and grow. You can watch the corn grow and the stalks form and the, and the ears form. You can, you can watch it. Potatoes grow underground. You don't see what it's going to be until it's harvest time. We've got to have faith like potatoes where we believe God even when we are not seeing a harvest and we've got to praise him no matter what it looks like. And God says, if you praise me, then you'll see your harvest. If you give thanks, I'll, be, I'll, I'll give you your answer. If you rejoice, then you'll receive. If you sow some appreciation, then you'll see a manifestation. If you magnify the Lord, he will magnify your harvest. If you bless the Lord, he will bless your harvest. If you want a greater harvest, start Start planting some seed. Then begin to praise God in advance of the harvest. Then persevere until you see the harvest. Don't give up. Don't ruin it. Don't dig it up. Don't give up on it. We have God's word on it. Keep believing. Keep trusting. And at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, we thank you that you're Lord of the harvest. Oh, God, uh, we thank you. God, I lift up everybody here. God, that you would show us, you would show each of us individually what you'd have us to do. If there's areas in our lives that we need to sow seeds, if there's areas we're not reaping a harvest because we've neglected them, God, forgive us and show us, Lord, what to do, how to change it, and help us, Lord, to begin to give in faith, begin to plant seeds in faith, begin to plant seeds in our relationships, in our marriage, in our work, in our future, in our health, in our finances, Lord, in every area of life. God, we 
want to see harvest. And we thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your promise, God, that if we plant it, we will reap a harvest. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask our prayer team to come down front. And if you need prayer for anything, we want to pray for you. Maybe there's areas of your life that, that you're struggling with planting seeds. Maybe you're struggling in a relationship. Maybe you're struggling to give financially. Maybe you're struggling in, 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 at work. Whatever. We want to pray with you. If you don't know Jesus, today's the day of salvation. Today's the day to give your heart to him. If you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit, if you need healing, whatever you need, we want to pray with you. These are men and women of prayer and faith. They would love to see you come down. They'd love to agree with you. There's power in the prayer of agreement. Hey, thanks for being here today. Hope to see you on Wednesday night. Love y'all. We're going to sing one more song.